0: Advent is about anticipation, <laughs> but are we missing it in our busyness? Let's talk about it with Jared Wilson.
1: He's, he's an old white guy, an author, broadcaster, and seminary professor who's sick of religion. And he's brought friends. Please welcome Steve Brown et Setup.
0: Hey, we're so glad you're here. That extra seat is for you, and it's always there for this hour. In case you're wondering, I'm Steve, the aforementioned old white guy. Matthew Porter, who is our executive producer, is here. Matthew is glad that uh, COVID lockdowns are now a relic of the past. But thinking back, it was nice to be called essential. For a little while, maybe the first time in a long time,
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe never again. <laughs> and
0: our producer Jinx is working hard in this little black uh, glass booth. He's a sound guy, so of course, I don't even want to say this his hair has a lot of volume. <laughs> <laughs> <What? All right. laughs> Our video director and one-man IT department, John Myers, is in his tech bunker. Uh, John, if you would edit in a few more laughs after that jinx intro, (laughs) that would be great. Dr. George Bingham is the president of Key Life. George wants me to remind you that Giving Tuesday is coming up and you can help us by going to keylife.org slash Giving Tuesday and Kathy White, Wyatt Wyatt uh, speaking of giving is the soft feminine side of the program and she is a gift to this ministry
1: oh Matthew wow <laughs> oh. yeah, it's nice yeah <laughs>
0: We have one of our favorite people today. Uh, I shouldn't tell you this because we're in the first week of Advent, but being uh, a a ministry that plans way in advance, um, the day we're recording this is uh, Jared's birthday, and he took time from his birthday to be with us. As long as we promise not to sing happy birthday to him, (laughs) uh, that would be a gift. (laughs) Jared Wilson, you already know this, serves as assistant professor of pastoral ministry at Spurgeon College. He's an author in residence of Midwestern Seminary. Jared has written lots of books. Every time he burps, they publish it. And the latest book... From Jared Wilson, which I hold in my nicotine-stained hands is titled Gifts of Grace, 25 Advent Devotions. I've been reading this this morning. It's really cool. Well, also- but I do want you to know, Jared, that my favorite uh, Steve Brown, et cetera program is never an interview about devotions what in the world do you say?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, well, you, we, what are we going to pray? Are you going to give us a devotional thought or make us feel a little bit closer to Jesus or stuff? Or we what? can talk about whatever you want to talk about, Steve. We don't even have to
3: talk about, we don't the, even you talk mentioned about it. the book. <laughs> you, mentioned it, you can mention it one more time at the end, and then the rest of the time we can talk about whatever you want to talk
0: about. <laughs> Jared, you're a delight, man, and it's good to have you. This really, we In the introduction, you talk about how busy we are. And that started when you were a kid and you hardly ever got over it. Uh, But we're so busy and you're going to fix it, right, with this devotional book. I mean, from now on, we will set as our priority our devotional time. We won't make gifts and Christmas trees and decorations and parties a part of our Christmas because we're Christians and after all that Jesus has done for us, oh, man, I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> what you, was there a reason you just sat down and said, look, I have trouble with this and so does everybody else. So I'm going to help me and maybe it'll help somebody else or what?
3: Well, yeah, that was the idea. You know, you don't have to be an ascetic about the whole thing and just get rid of the whole, whole holiday. I wrote it because I love Christmas and I probably love yes. Christmas out of proportion to the no. to the reality of it. And every, every year, December 26 rolls around and I kind of look at the mess in my living room and the mess in the kitchen and think, you know, was that it? <laughs> Why didn't it do what I thought it should do? And so uh, th- this book is the you know the idea is uh, you know the, the devotions are short, Steve. It's not like you got to spend you know <laughs> half your day with this thing. It's uh, maybe you know six seven minutes. Maybe it's just trying to create a little oasis of slowing down, trying to adopt some of the um, you know meditation on 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 the gospel. Why not remind ourselves of the grace of God that that kind of un, you know undoes uh, you know performative. Christianity and the the kind of religiosity we think will give our holiday meaning. Why not just look at some good news for a few minutes each day and
0: and have that kind of help us? And you do that. Uh, You know, I thought you'd. You know, one of the devotions would deal with a baby Jesus and another the camel and (laughs) and a shepherd or something. And you didn't do that. You looked at the eternal verities of the very center of the Christian faith, which is what Christmas is about. And you spent time on those different subjects. And it really is a great little devotional book and will be helpful to people. How did you come up with these particular ones? The list could have been longer, couldn't it? Oh, the
3: list could have been extremely long. Yeah, I mean, I basically just sat down and began writing a master list of all of the gifts we receive in, you know, through Christ's finished work. What are the things, you know, the implications of the gospel? What are the facets of the atonement? What are, you know, what are the things that we receive through this wonderful grace, and uh, I had to narrow that down, of course, to twenty-five, and take um, you know apply one to each day for the uh, for the Advent
0: season. That's uh, really cool. Let's. What's the biggest gift that we receive at Christmas?
3: Well, uh, spoiler alert: the last day. <laughs> Day, day five. Don't I tell say. me. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: I'd say the 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 best gift is Christ Himself that He actually gives Himself to us by you know by faith we are united to Him spiritually and so of all the things that He gives us uh, the, the greatest thing is um, is Himself. If we received everything but not Him, it it would not be uh, um, as glorious um, as it is for us to actually receive. Um, you know, the gift of himself to us. So I saved the best gift for
0: last. um, <laughs> uh, you know, this is true of all your books. And this is an unusual devotional book because it reminds you of God's mercy and grace over and over again and the gifts that he has given us. But that's not unusual for you. I'd be surprised if you wrote a devotional book that did anything but that. You are a teacher of grace, which is the very center, the essence of the Christian faith. Uh, You uh, serve among a lot of theological types. Uh, You're the most important because it's practical theology. and John Frame says all theology ought to be practical. But because you're a grace teacher and you repeat it and you say it so well and with such power, I suspect you do you get hit with yeah, but are you saying uh are you antinomian are you uh, are you giving up on being obedient kind of thing you get criticism i do yeah it's been um it's been a few years since I've got it
3: from more familiar circles, but anytime you know, the newness of this kind of gospel centrality idea still hits, you know, still radical, isn't it? So, I mean, it's yeah. been, it's been radical since the very beginning. Uh, so I don't know that it will ever not be radical. So yes, I do. I do get that. I get that sometimes in the classes that I teach students who are still kind of, you know, butting up against this idea of, you know, uh, people change by grace and not by law. And, you know, some of the principles of gospel centrality that I rehearse uh, with folks over and over again, that's their number one fear, that you're giving people permission. You're giving people license, you know, to, uh, to go do whatever they want.
0: And, of course, you're not. But sometimes when people first hear about grace, they sin a little bit more before they come out of the darkness into the light. Cause that freeing thing is like a kid going off to college without parents for the first time. If he has it built into him, he or she will return to the fold with great joy. But the normal thing when you find out you're free is to be free. And so there's a sense in which you do encourage sin just not ongoing sin. After a while, don't put words while, in my mouth now. <laughs> especially before Christmas, hard to do for this kids. I don't think I'm going to go here anymore. But uh, but the truth is, the grace thing is the only thing uh, that'll uh, make you better. The only people who get better are people who know if they don't ever get better that Jesus will love them anyway. Hey, the name of the book, and you ought to get this, this really is going to be a helpful book. Um, Gifts of Grace, 25 Advent Devotions by Jared Wilson. It'll be the kind of thing you'll want to read with your family, and it's better than those little calendars with those little flaps and all that kind of stuff that he bah humbug
2: (laughs) hi this is eric producer of steve brown etc if you've been listening very long you know i'm a struggling believer and i'd love to share some things that have helped At Key Life, we believe that the deepest message of the ministry of Jesus and the Bible is the radical grace of God for sinners and sufferers. And we have four mini-books that'll help you believe that no matter what you've done or what you're going through, God's not mad at you. Feeling Guilty, Suffering, and Faith and Doubt by Steve Brown will help you apply healing biblical truth to where it hurts the most. And my mini-book, The Gift of Addiction, How God Redeems Our Pain, shows that coming to the end of ourselves is actually the beginning of faith. These four mini-books are in the Grace for Sinners and Sufferers mini-book combo, and it's available at keylife.org for a suggested donation of $12. They're also individually available for a suggested donation of $4.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us. We're uh, hanging out with one of our favorite people, Jared Wilson, and his latest book. And uh, you probably, you could buy it, but it's going to take a couple of days and you'll already be into Advent. So you might want to download it and go to Amazon and, uh, and begin to use this for a very busy season. Uh, It's not going to fix everything, but it's going to make it a lot better. And the title of the book is Gifts of Grace, 25 Advent Devotions.
2: Uh, Jerry, probably like everybody else, uh, every, (laughs) every December, I have great plans, great goals of like, you know, making time, sitting down in, you know, feeling that anticipation of, of the season and, but what beats a goal is, is a plan is a process. You're like, no, just take it to practical. And that's what I feel like the book is. It's like, this is what you want to do. This is one way, a good way to do it. um So I I like what you did with the chapter titles. um I wonder if you could talk about that and kind of talk about the overall kind of approach to the book.
3: Yeah. So the overall approach is that um, it, it works like an advent calendar. So, you know, the advent calendars every day, you're opening up a little door or a little window into some kind of gift, a little piece of chocolate or a little, you know, treat, something like that. Um, they're, you know, they now make advent calendars for adults. And sometimes there's other things behind those. those little <laughs> yes, <windows. they> <laughs> But normally... <laughs> You know, for families and children, they open it up, and there's a piece of candy or there's some little toy or something like that and the idea was every day you turn the page and you're opening up the door into another gift, so each day there is a gift that we receive uh through the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you know that was the main idea is I just wanted people for twenty five days to kind of just dwell in the good news, so not a lot of you know stuff to do, not here's how to you know maximize your energy. Uh, You know, this holiday season, in my mind, that actually makes the holiday more, uh, you know, you know, depressing and unfulfilling for me is, is the busyness is the to do's, you know, is the planning, all that sort of thing. And so they're, you know, the the devotions are not very long. I'm not you know, requiring homework or or anything like that. Um, It's 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 about opening the door into a new gift. Now, I use the title. So each of the titles. Um, is a, a, a line from a Christmas song or Christmas carol. And I did that primarily to obscure what each gift was. So mm-hmm. instead of looking at the table of contents and, and seeing what, what every day's gift was, you actually have to, in a, I mean, you you could, up, obviously, right? yeah, you could flip ahead of course, and see what the mm-hmm. gift is on any given day. But the idea is that you're turning the page and you're seeing what today's gift is that morning or that evening as you're reading through the book. So using the Christmas carol lines that sort of reflect thematically that day's gift was, that, was one way to kind of obscure in the table of contents, but also to kind of help give some, I don't know, uh, deeper resonance to some of the songs uh, that we sing as well. So as folks are singing some of these Christmas songs, you know, uh, throughout the month in church or otherwise, um, it, it reminds them of the good news because they're like, oh, that Line was in the devotion that I just read, and it kind of helps them you know reflect a little deeper on grace
1: <laughs> oh, jared i loved it I loved the contents, and um I went as you said, you know, you don't talk about the gift in the, in the table of contents. And so when I saw the first one, a thrill of hope, and then the second one, I went, oh my gosh, these are all from Christmas carols. And so I just went down through the whole thing. And before I even went to the end, I stopped at 12 because one of my most favorite Christmas carols is angels from the realms of glory. And of course, 12 is sages leave your contemplation. So I thought, I don't even care what this is about. I love the hymn. I love this. Maybe he'll talk more about the hymn because I had no idea where you were going to go with it or whatever. So I get over to it and you're talking about wisdom. And I thought, (laughs) oh, my gosh. And but I thought that it was so interesting because and I don't want to give away a lot of it, but your take on it um, on the subject of wisdom. And I have to tell you, I never really thought about the fact that as believers that we that wisdom, that the wisdom of, of Jesus is something that we, that we actually get because I sure don't feel like I have that. Um, But anyway, could you just elaborate on that a little bit because maybe I hope other people out there will think, Oh, wow. I think I should read that too.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, the idea is, is that Jesus himself is the embodiment of wisdom that he is wisdom Incarnate, and actually, um, you know, when we think about that idea, for a lot of us, it's about getting more Bible knowledge, becoming smarter, so to speak, or maybe in some way experientially as we get older, you know, picking up advice on how to do life, you know, life hacks, you know, you know, you know that kind of wisdom, street smart kind of wisdom, that sort of thing. Um, but really, it's to say that when the Holy Spirit indwells us, we are given the gift of um, of, of Christ Himself, which uh, you know, gives us the wisdom of his teaching. Uh, this coming Sunday, I get to preach from Matthew, uh, chapter seven, where Jesus says, uh, you know, the man who, who builds his house upon a rock is the one who resembles those who hear what I say and act on it and, you know, do, you know, my teaching, follow my teaching. So Jesus is himself saying, you know, wisdom is not being some kind of, you know, Einsteinian egghead, nor is it being some kind of religious guru, it's being someone who listens to Jesus and follows what Jesus says and tries to put into practice what Jesus you know um, uh, tells us and things like the Sermon on the Mount and and so on and so forth and one of the great gifts of the gospel is that we're actually given the Holy Spirit to convict us when we're stepping outside of that wisdom and uh, to comfort us when we uh, um, are made uncomfortable by that wisdom because sometimes you know Jesus uh, you know, bids us to do things that that go against the grain, that kind of you know make us uncomfortable or push us outside. And the Holy Spirit is one to kind of come around and and comfort us in that to help us know that we're on the right track. Um, it's you know that's kind of the counterintuitive or the the innovative way that I look at the idea of wisdom there.
1: Well, you said um, just as a follow up to that, you if I understood you right, you said that you started this whole process with think actually thinking about the gifts, the gifts that we get. So once you had that in your mind, did you automatically, were you able to come up with these with these Christmas songs that went with it? Or did you have to like go on a Did you have to get out Mr. Google and go, you know, go on a hunting expedition or whatever? Cause I yeah. thought that was so cool. That was
3: one of the, I mean, it was maybe 30% of the work was actually reading through over and over again through Christmas carols and Christmas songs. I was looking at online repositories of all these different ones and trying to find lines that matched, uh, you know, these gifts or the, or the way I was presenting the gift in some way. And it, it, it was pretty difficult. I didn't just have them, you know, instant recall in my mind.
1: Hmm. Wow. That was amazing. You know, That's Jared, amazing.
0: Some preachers oh, cool. do that with their sermon. You know, they write the sermon, what they think. Yeah. Then they Google and try to find a text that might match. <laughs> Listen, I did that for a number of years. And frankly, so did I. I was, But we didn't have Google. <laughs> we, we had concordances, Steve. Remember that? That's right. And I became quite good at it. I could share my political and social and theological views. And if I worked at it, I could either find something in Calvin or the scriptures that would match it. Guys, we're going to back out, Um, but this is very hard work. And uh, we're going to have some cookies and milk and take a nappy nap, and then we'll return.
2: From Key Life comes two mini books, What Do You Do for a Living and Life After Retirement. What Do You Do for a Living by Justin Holcomb addresses the problem of defining ourselves by what we do and how we perform in our work instead of by who we know, a gracious, loving God who defines who we are. Life After Retirement by Steve Brown examines how those transitioning from work to retirement often experience a loss of purpose in life and how the quest for personal significance can best be answered by God's radical grace, love, and purpose for our lives sufficient to carry us through this transition. What Do You Do for a Living and Life After Retirement can help guide people struggling with either work or retirement. These two Key Life mini-books are available through keylife.org for a donation of $6.
0: Hanging out with Jared Wilson, you can keep up with him. Lots of luck at Jared C W. No, Jared C Wilson dot com, <laughs> and on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing the best I can on Twitter and Instagram. At you Jared took the W CWilson. out of Twitter and you put
3: it in my name. You gave me that. <laughs> <laughs> a
2: we'll make an acrostic. <laughs> twitter.com sounds like we got to go buy a new domain name. I, I think Titter would be a good one for you know we could laughing. Yeah, that's right. Can we get a Twitter.
0: You only time? can share jokes. Oh um, goodness, Jared, uh, you some of the early um, uh, days devotion days you included faith justification expiation and propitiation. And you made a point of saying, um, uh, you know, you intentionally put those early uh, to consider those. And I was wondering why, if you could comment on that. And then also you might want to explain why you slandered Santa Claus because you said under propitiation, Santa Claus is a big fat legalist. So (laughs) I don't believe I'd have said that. I said something bad about Santa Claus one time and they almost fired.
1: You're just jealous. You didn't say it.
3: (laughs) Well, I put those early for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, I I wanted to get the, the um, more distinct, for lack of a better word, heavy theological concepts out of the way, because <laughs> the further into advent we go, the more tired we get and I think if you opened up on on, they
2: start yeah, you more, up right? on day
3: twenty two <laughs> expiation, you might be like, "Oh brother <laughs> so I thought let's um, you know let's put some of the heavier ones out of the way. I don't write about them in a heavy way; it's not overly academic, but yeah, I wanted to kind of put some of the more um you know complex concepts early on. Uh, But also, um, I mean, thinking theologically, I wanted to put some of the groundwork of the gospel itself and the atonement kind of up front. And the further we go, we get more into the implications of those things. So in a way, it's sort of like this is what Christ's blood actually does for us. You know, um, God is pleased with us because of what Jesus has done. He's not mad at you, all that sort of thing so that as we wade deeper, we can actually get into more things like contentment and rest and those sorts of things. Um, as we go well, and I say, yeah, I say Santa Claus is a legalist because he is, because he, he <laughs> divides people up by good and bad and he watches what you do. And he decides, you know, if you're good outweighs your bad and he's, he's, he's the worst man. <laughs>
0: George yes. did more. <laughs> no, no, good <laughs>
2: If you like barbecuing, it's okay to get the coal. <laughs>
0: well, Jared's silver landing. Uh, what you did in terms of a methodology for this book is not altogether different than the way Paul wrote his letters. Um, he had the solid theological stuff, often at the beginning and the implications later, and that's a good way to do it. And by the way, uh, you know, we kid a lot about doctrine and theology here and religion, but uh, kiss and don't last and cook and do. And that's a sexist statement, but nevertheless, it has a truth to it. And the only Christians who stand in the dark when things are going the wrong way, when the Christmas spirit hasn't come and you didn't get what you wanted, You'll run if you're a pagan or a shallow Christian who only sings Christmas carols. But if you know the truth that goes deep, uh, then you'll hang around for a little while. Contentment. Uh, You obviously didn't write the one on contentment during the Christmas season. (laughs) (laughs) Would Would you comment on that? I did actually write. So I wrote
3: the the majority of these during the Advent season last year. Oh, um, I, I wanted it to be kind of a personal meditation for me, a you know personal work. Now there were some days I missed, and I had to write more than one on on any given day because we were traveling and that sort of thing. But but by and large, I was trying to actually, it, it, in a sense, own these things myself and 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 slow down and kind of have the you know the work emerge from my own. Uh, practice of of meditating on the gospel for for advent. And contentment is a big one for me because I am always discontent. It, there are tentacles that, you know, push into um areas of of impatience for me, of irritability for me, particularly with um, you know, frustrating situations and um contentment is 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 a huge thing. And what I'm trying to express there is that uh if you have Jesus, you have everything. Um Everything else besides Jesus is just gravy, right? And, and it's, it's a wonder, it's, it's an abundance of grace that along with Christ, um, we are given so many other gifts besides, but to have Jesus is to have the grounds of being content, no matter what situation we're in. Not happy when sad things happen, not like, you know, weirdos or sociopaths, uh, but content, you know, content in him.
0: Oh man, good stuff. And I'll tell you, I owe you for the fat legalist line. I'm a a scrooge. And uh, I'd never met a pastor who was honest, was really happy about Christmas. (laughs) Everything falls apart. You can't control anything. Elders are angry. People are too busy to do church work. And they're thinking about the mall instead of your sermon during the worship service. And then you end up, and then they start giving you those red hats and really think you're going to wear them. (laughs) Bah humbug. (laughs) (laughs) But this book will change all of that. Go buy it. Jared needs the money. (laughs) Amen. irritated when the electricity went out. No television, no music, no Netflix. Then he discovered that the battery on his smartphone was dead. He decided to make some coffee, but when he went to the kitchen, he realized that without electricity, he couldn't even do that. Then he noticed his wife in the kitchen, and he sat down and talked to her. He said later, you know, She seemed like a very nice lady. I know, I know, technology's good, but sometimes go talk to somebody face-to-face. You might be surprised how nice and real they are. It's messy sometimes, but Jesus would like it. I'm Steve Brown. You think about that. Share what you just heard with a friend. Go to youthinkaboutthat.com. Hey, thanks for spending this hour with us. A fun hour. You know, one of the most exciting things we've done this year is launch the Key Life Audio Bible Project. What's that? Well, it's me reading, the, and I'm sorry, reading the entire books of the Bible. You can check it out uh, for free at keylife.org Bible reading. And our guest is Jared Wilson, and his book is The Gifts of Grace, 25 Advent Devotions. Jared, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the importance of theology and doctrine and the facts of the faith that may be boring but are so necessary that they be hammered in do you think that one of the reasons that people get angry at you about your teaching of grace or feel that you are encouraging sin that you uh, have betrayed the faith and everything is that they simply don't have a systematic biblical theology that informs them that what you say is absolutely true because God said it.
3: Yeah, I don't know what other conclusion to make. I mean, obviously there are, you know, factors of just the, you know, the yearning of the flesh for religion and those sorts of things. And sometimes our own traditions that get challenged in these you know, conversations. But I don't know what other conclusion is that is at the root of this other than, you know, what Paul's saying to the, um, you know, church of Galatia, right? Having begun by the spirit, are you being perfected by the flesh? And, um, you know, their ease of adopting kind of the Judaizing heresy, you know, for Paul, this was to go right back to the heart of the gospel. It, it, it wasn't, you know, theological minutia for him. It wasn't, you know, doctrinal splitting hairs. All of those sorts of things were, you know, for him really get, you know, cutting to the chase, which is to say you either get the gospel or you don't, you have sound gospel doctrine or you don't. And, you know, we can talk about, you know, the reformational recovery uh, of that good news. And, you know, Sola gratia and Sola Fide and those sorts of things. I, I really think that's where it, it, it comes down is, is, is folks do not have a good grasp of what it actually means to be saved by grace alone, received through faith alone in Christ alone. We're always trying to yes, but
0: the gospel. It's mm, so true. And again, and by the way, if you're just joining us, the reason this subject came up is because Jared, at the beginning of this book of devotionals, lays out some pretty heavy stuff in a non-heavy way. This is not a book you're going to have to wade through And it's certainly not a book you can stand on in a flood because you'll stay dry. It's a fun book to read. And it really points you in the right direction. And then after laying out some of the basic verities of the Christian faith, Jared then talks about some implications that flow from those verities. Uh the late Francis Schaeffer used to talk about a two-story house. The bottom one had the doctrine, uh, the top one, the implications. And uh, he said that liberals want a two-story house without a first story. And you just can't do that sort of thing. Listen, you talk about the power and the glory. Um, you know, we're living in a time when you're a Christian. You're beginning to realize that you've lost the power. We don't have the money or the political leverage we used to, but we have something better, don't we?
3: Absolutely. And and, and to speak of power itself, the power is in the gospel. That there's nothing stewarded to us according to the New Testament that would be approximate to power, except the Holy Spirit working through the good news. I think that is a place where a lot of folks get hung up as well. Um, you know, they think the power comes in our performance. You know, the gospel is just the newspaper headline about what happened in the past, the power for uh, personal change, the power for, you know, where I'm going to get my joy, the power for my religious effort. All of that has to somehow come through me kind of, you know, working up the energy myself or, you know, getting inspired and, And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, no, you become more like Christ by seeing Christ, by beholding Christ. Uh, He says in Titus 2 that it's grace that trains us to live upright, godly lives. So over and over again, we're we're even pointed to this newspaper headline as power for us. All the more reason to just keep looking at the good news, really dedicating ourselves to being, for lack of a better word, fixated on the good news. Because there's power there. There's power there for everyday life.
0: We don't just become Christians by the gospel. We live by it, don't we? That's correct. Yeah. Jinx, did you have something to say? Yeah. So,
2: you know, when we were kids, um, at least I'm, I'm still remembering that very vividly. Um, and, and in my own kids, too, watching it, you know, as, as we came up to Christmas, there was nothing we could do but wait. And, you know, it, it, it was almost nerve wracking as you went through the different things that happened before Christmas. But. You still are just waiting and waiting and waiting for, for that gift, for, that, for whatever it is, but for that day to get here. And as, as adults, and especially as parents, we feel like, I mean, literally up to Christmas Eve at 11 p.m., you've still not done it all. You've not done enough to get ready for Christmas. And what, what are your thoughts on the correlation between that and the gospel itself?
3: Well, what's, what can be beautiful about that is um, because what happens is, as you're right, you hit December 25th and certainly the days after and all of the buildup, all the anticipation, all the waiting, all the expectation doesn't seem to have a return on that investment, at least for me. But I don't think that I'm alone in this where there's so much buildup for what is you know joyous and fun and, and, and has a payoff, but somehow does not seem to approximate all of that energy and investment. And what it ought to do is really show us how every Advent, every year is a reflection of just the Christian life, that we're between the first Advent of Christ and the second Advent of Christ, that we're never going to feel totally at home. We're never going to feel totally like we've arrived until Christ comes again. Um, I think, you know, in a way, trying to steward that. I don't know what it is. Um, I guess it's a kind of holy discontent or that kind of um, mm. that, that yearning, that longing that we still feel that's not totally satisfied because of Christmas day, we know we'll be satisfied when we can finally see him face to face. And so in that way, maybe the Advent season can be a way of helping us to endure better, to hope better, to love better um, all throughout the year, because what we're doing just in our life, as long or short as it may be is expecting the coming, you know, the second coming of Jesus.
0: Mm -hmm. So that emptiness that you feel on the 26th has spiritual implications to it. And if you want to know what they are and how it'll change your life, you need to get the book Gifts of Grace, 25 Advent Devotions by Jared Wilson. Jared, you are a gift. Thank you so much on your birthday to take time to be with us. Let me uh, say that you get three free sins. Use them carefully. uh, And you are way behind. (laughs) Jared, God bless you. We're glad for you.
3: Thank you so much, Steve. It's always a joy to be with you.
0: Hey, guys, we're going to come back for a little bit and tell you who we're going to do it unto next week. And as always, you will be amazed. So don't go anywhere.
2: Hi, this is Eric, producer of Steve Brown, etc. If you've been listening very long, you know I'm a struggling believer, and I'd love to share some things that have helped. At Key Life, we believe that the deepest message of the ministry of Jesus and the Bible is the radical grace of God for sinners and sufferers. And we have four mini-books that'll help you believe that no matter what you've done or what you're going through, God's not mad at you. Feeling Guilty, Suffering, and Faith and Doubt by Steve Brown will help you apply healing biblical truth to where it hurts the most. And my mini-book, The Gift of Addiction, How God Redeems Our Pain, shows that coming to the end of ourselves is actually the beginning of faith. These four mini-books are in the Grace for Sinners and Sufferers mini-book combo, and it's available at keylife.org for a suggested donation of $12. They're also individually available for a suggested donation of $4.
0: Hey, it's been good having you with us. Good as always to have Jared with us, too the book the gifts of grace 25 advent devotions do you know the best gift i ever got at christmas was a bb gun <laughs> and uh Here we go. i had it for one day and my mother took it away uh i i mean the the kid down the street had a bb gun too he was shooting at me just like i was shooting at him I just was better at it than he was, and I hit him. And my mother took that BB gun away. And on her deathbed, I asked her, "Mom, would you ever? What did you do with that BB gun?" And she said. I don't remember, and then she died. <laughs> so somebody's got my BB gun out there somewhere. But you know, I was thinking of that because Barnhouse said all of life uh, illustrates Bible doctrine. You know, we've been given the gifts of grace, uh, uh, and and uh, Jared reminds us of that. And then we go out and uh, we shoot others. Uh, with our religion instead of blessing them with the good news that we're forgiven. That the reason we laugh so hard at Christmas isn't the booze. It's Jesus. And uh, he'll never let us go. Uh, We're always his. Uh, We're always forgiven. And that will never change. That's what Christmas is all about. And when I remember that that's what it's all about, I'm less a Scrooge than I am by nature. <laughs> Kathy, who's going to be on next week?
1: You sounded a little like Linus when he said, and that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. <laughs> um, next week, um, our friend uh, Jordan Rayner, who's been with us before, and he actually has two books. One came out earlier this year and we couldn't work we couldn't work it out at the time so we're going to talk with him about both of his books one's a kid's book the creator and you and this has this book has won a number of awards and his newest book which is out interestingly is titled the word before work and this is a devotional book which after y'all get done with christmas and and jared's book then you'll need a new devotional book so we'll go on with this one so two books next time
0: Oh, boy, I can hardly wait to do I another know. devotional book. <laughs> but listen, the other one will be fine. I mean, if they write two in a year, you get to pick the one you like the best. There you, you go. And you talk about it for the hour. So that's a gift of Advent, too. <laughs> Guys, we're out of here, but we're going to come back next week, same time, same place, And it's our hope that you will join us again. And between now and then, don't do anything we wouldn't. That gives you a wide, wide berth.